Welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash. We're recording this on Monday evening before the Patriots versus Bears, although I can't imagine that's going to have much of a bearing on fantasy leaders and losers. In this episode, we'll run through the top stories from week seven so far before looking ahead to week eight and be making some headline predictions. The podcast is continuing to grow throughout the season, so thanks to all of you for listening and for sharing as well. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. Right then, boys. So week seven is just about in the books. Um, so from yesterday's games, Jets win against the Broncos, but looks like they've lost Brees Hall for the year. Um, so definitely worth picking up Michael Carter if he's if he's available. Uh, Bucks didn't even turn up against. An openly rebuilding Panthers. Um, so again, play any books or Panthers from now on at your peril. Uh, and Packers as well, looking equally woeful, losing to Heineke's commanders. Uh, but McLaurin become a must-start after yesterday. Um, and then probably look at sitting every Packer that you've got. Um, so we'll look at starting off with an AFC and NFC split. Scully, I'll come to you first. From the AFC, what do you want to pick out from last weekend's games? I've gone for the Bengals this week. I know we were going to talk about individual players, but essentially the Bengals took over fantasy, score, fantasy scoring in in week seven. So you got Joe Burrow in our league. I know we we have um, quarterback scoring six points for for throwing touchdowns. So he scored forty five points in our league. You've got Jamar Chase, 33 points. Um, he missed part of the game as well. I think he went off with what looked like a hamstring injury. Uh, we've got Boyd, 29.5 points. And Mixon as well, 18 points. So that's probably as complete an offence as you're going to get in fantasy terms from one team. Um, and I was talking to you, about, uh, talking to you Ash, um, I was on my way back from Cornwall this weekend and I was listening to the talk sport too commentary of um, of the NFL and they were they were talking about during the first half because uh, I think Burrow had thrown for over 350 yards or something just just in the first half so they were talking about the all-time leading passing yards in a game apparently this is held by a former Los Angeles Rams great and Hall of Famer who was Norm Van Brocklin who threw apparently for 554 yards and the 1951 season opener, and that remains the the most passing yards ever in an NFL game. But this week, Burrow balled out, completing 34 for 42 passes for 481 passing yards and three passing touchdowns, and also got a rushing touchdown himself with a quarterback sneak. So he came 71 yards short of breaking that record that's that's stood since 1951. But if you look at that, also last year. And obviously, you'll you'll notice I've done my research this week. Um, last year, he also threw four touchdowns and and for five hundred and twenty five yards against the Ravens. So I mean, for me, if you're looking at what what Burrow did last year, if you're looking at what the Bengals did last year, um, are they starting to find the stride again? Uh, are they starting to hit form at the right time? I think this is going to be a, probably the start now of the Bengals 
ascending towards um, what what could be another great season for them. Just at the right time for the Browns to to face them on Monday Night <laughs> Football. Well, so fantastic. Yeah, another easy game for them coming up. Um, but yeah, bang on. So the Bengals as a whole. So three players inside the top eight fantasy scorers this week. Um, Joe Burrow, like you say, 45 points, nine points ahead. Second place, who was Eckler. Um, and Burrow, even last week, at 38 points. So he's it, it's, it's starting to turn again, isn't it, for him? Higgins... Not up there, uh, not compared to Boyd, surprisingly, and Chase. Mixon finished with 18 points, so absolutely. Bengals rocking and rolling this week. Uh, you must be nervous for for him against the Browns. I think he's Monday night. I think it's coming up. So Monday night, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can't be feeling confident about that. The scary thing with the numbers that we're putting up is that the little niggly injuries they've got. So Higgins didn't quite score the same as... Uh, as the other wide receivers, Chase and Boyd, but he's still got a bit of an ankle injury, hasn't he? Chase picked up a bit of a niggle, and they still put up the numbers that they did. So uh, if they if those two are back to full fitness, uh, it could be scary against the Browns um, this week. And well, for the rest of the season going forward, if they if they hit the form uh, that and the um, chemistry that they had last year uh, going into the back end of the season. Um, we could see some big numbers put up by the uh, Cincinnati team. So, yeah, it's definitely time to be getting any Cincinnati offensive player into your lineup. Uh, I know I picked up the uh, tight end on waivers and he's he's uh, he's scoring double digits for me. So, I'm happy to keep him there while, uh, while my number one tight end is doing absolutely nothing. So, yeah, hmm. Pick up anyone from the Bengals. Do you know what I was thinking... Along the same lines, um, although I've got Tyler Boyd and I was thinking almost the opposite. I might shop him around, try and sell high. If anyone's listening or anyone in our league, um, yeah, could could pick up Tyler Boyd thinking that it might be some sort of trend, then uh, we'll see what I can get for him maybe. But but trying to sell high. You've got uh, Mixon as well, right? Yeah, i got Mixon as well. Mixon, he was my first pick, or first round pick. So again, steady season, he's not breaking any records, but he's a consistent, I don't know, probably an averaging 18 points a game, 15 points a game. So someone like that is nice and reliable. Although looking at most of the running backs, just waiting for him to get injured at the minute. So moving on. So Charlie, go over to the NFC. Which team or players do you want to pick out from week seven? So I've gone for two specific players. Um, first off, Kenneth Walker. Obviously, um, he's had a big change in role coming in after uh, Rashad Penny picked up that injury, but he's uh, he's had an absolutely huge game against the Chargers that aren't particularly great against the run, but 168 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns, um, 28.8 points in our league. Uh, that's without any receiving uh, targets at all. So pure running back um, and just, absolutely destructive watch the game or watch some of the highlights on the red zone and the speed that the guy's putting through it finds a gap and he's just gone um and he 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 just looked everything that um you would want from a running back just pure strength pure speed and uh, definitely somebody that i think people should have picked up on a little bit i know scully you drafted him and then just decided to let him go uh, 
regretting that one, I would imagine, with the numbers he's putting up. And especially now, it's it's more of a uh, single back in terms of uh, running backs for the Seahawks, looking like that for the rest of the season. Absolutely. I mean, I drafted him based on uh, what I'd read about in pre-season, what I'd um, read about him coming through um into the dra- uh, through the draft etc and uh, thought he'd be thought he'd be great did nothing in the first few weeks probably pulled the trigger too early uh, made a trade got drafted penny in the same week that he blew himself out and uh, obviously is out for the season so kind of a bit of a double whammy for me that one losing losing both of them in the same week so yeah gm of the century <laughs> well fantastic win for the seahawks and and i think walker's production might even start to increase i know metcalf looking like he's injured i don't know if it's for the season but for a few weeks marquise brown the other wide receiver who stepped up when he went off whether that will mean um like you said charlie that they didn't have any receptions kenny walker last week, but whether Geno Smith starts throwing his way a little bit or if he can get him involved with with a loss of Metcalf, possibly. Yeah, um, the, amount of, the amount of time that he's spending on the field, he, he's got to be an option for him uh, when, they've, when they're depleted at wide receiver. He's, he's going to pick up points receiving there as well, and if he's going to be putting those sorts of numbers, I mean, he's 23 attempts rushing. He's, he, the, the power that he's got and the speed he's got, he, he's going to He's going to break tackles. He's going to put up numbers for you uh, just as a pure running back. So if you can get a couple of targets, a few receptions in as well, um, watch, that, watch this space. He's, uh, he could be phenomenal uh, going into the back end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Great game from him. And who was your second one? Who was the other one that you wanted to pick second, out? Second one I know you mentioned earlier, uh, get rid of your uh, Green Bay resources but the only one I've got is Aaron Jones although I, I tried to ship him off uh, all <laughs> week uh, he landed me a nice 28.6 uh, two receiving touchdowns very much the opposite of uh, Walker he was picking up points based on being the probably the best player on offense or the only player on offense that the Packers have got um, Rogers targeting him as a receiver as well uh, I mean, he only had eight rushing attempts, uh, only picked up 23 yards, but he got nine receptions, 53 yards receiving and two receiving touchdowns. So, um, yeah, if uh, that sort of spread continues, uh, I mean, looking at the difference between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, because going into this game, it, uh, my frustrations had been previously that Dillon seemed to be getting more more of the work and, and wasn't as productive. Um, either they were listening to me or they've actually looked at the numbers. And uh, this week, there was a massive difference. Offensive snaps, Aaron Jones played 36 compared to AJ Dillon's 13. Um, so, huge difference in just snaps. Um, passing snaps, 28 for Aaron Jones, only nine for AJ Dillon. Um, so, yeah, bit, big differences and uh, Jones seems to be getting the majority of the work. So hopefully that continues because nobody else looked like doing anything for the Packers on Sunday. So uh, keep keep feeding Aaron Jones the ball so he can score me some more points. This yeah, is what they were saying. Um, sorry, Ash. This is what they were saying as well after 
went to see the Packers uh, via the Giants in London. I was saying, why aren't you playing your, to your playmakers more? Aaron Jones is by far in that team your biggest playmaker after after Rodgers. But why aren't they giving it him more? He's, he's effective in the in the run game. He's effective in the pass game. Use him. Use him more. And they're just, they're just not. It's, it's, it's odd. And it's having a negative effect on, on their offense. So, and like you said, this week, He's, he's had a big game, but they've lost. Use him more. It's uh, worrying times, I think, at Green Bay. Mm. Yeah, you think like Lafleur. I mean, they obviously know what they're doing, and there's obviously a reason behind it. But with the record that they've got, and some of the inexperience at wide receiver, Cobb's now out for for some time as well. Tonyan's just come back and was a popular pickup this week, but. But yeah, so all of those, Jones, I'm not sure what he's averaging. I'm sure I saw at the weekend it was about six yards all season, six yards a carry. That's that's easy getting you a, a first down every three three downs that you're playing. Um, when you were trying to trade him, and I was kind of comparing him to some of the ones that you're trying to trade my players for, he's still ranked 14th, which I think was the one thing that I was a bit nervous about giving up one or two other players for someone ranked 14th. Um Again, you'd like to think he's reliable enough in fantasy world to to keep hold of him. Depending on who you're up against, the bye week's not till week fourteen, so you've got a good long stretch of him before you do need to sit him down and rest him. But as as we said, really, hopefully it does continue for him. But a matchup against the Bills this weekend, he's going to have to start catching a lot more, I think, unless unless they start off steady and running it and just trying to run down the clock all game. I can imagine. They're going to be down by a big score very quickly against the Bills. So looking back at last week's scores for us three, um, Scola, you are currently on 118 points with Ramondre Stevenson still to play. But looking like, I don't want to speak too soon, you've probably won your matchup. You've got him still to play. Um, and who you're playing against has got two players, but lesser players from, from the Patriots and the Bears. Um, I finished on 144 points. And Charlie, you won this week with 152 points. So out of the three of us, it's looking like we've all probably won our matchups. Well, that would leave us on. Charlie, take you up to three wins. Me on three and Scully, just a one win for the points so far. So for me... Records, though. Is that the what, sorry? We talk about overall records. No, we no, don't no, 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 no. We'll, okay. we'll get to them when we get to the playoffs. We can uh, just just points for now. Um, but for my 144 this week, um, we mentioned Tyler Boyd, so massive for me, 29 points. DeAndre Hopkins come back for his first week and went off 20 points and similar for Benjamin as well. Also on the cards, had another 20 points. And then Ravens defence as well did me good. So, so yeah, so what was projected to be fairly tight, fairly close for my matchup, uh, won by, I think, about 30 points in the end. So, happy with that. Um, Charlie, I'll come to you then, seeing as you've got the most points out of the three of us this week. So, we spoke about Aaron Jones, so definitely stepped up this week. 28 points, but also Juju, Juju on 25 points out of nowhere. And then the Cowboys as well, which which we know are a very good fantasy defense, scoring 23 points. 
Anyone else that kind of surprised you? Do I did well for you, or or how was your matchup this week? Yeah, it was uh, predicted to be a closer one. Uh, predictions were 113 for me, and lad, I was playing 108, um, and finished with about 60 point or more or less 60 points difference. So yeah, big, big win. Um, I think one of the guys who's not scored huge but got me some decent points uh, is Travis Etienne. Um, watched a lot of the game and just really impressed with how he's playing. Obviously, had the fumble um, into the end zone as well, which cost him some extra points. Um, that could have seen it, uh, seen his score skyrocket if it have if it have handled that, and could have potentially seen the uh, Giants pick up a loss, but uh, not to be. But yeah, good scoring. Uh, mentioned uh, Hurst, tight end for the Bengals. Seems to be reliable, putting up double digits. So ten points from him, uh, and yeah, the Cowboys are just uh, ultimately reliable. Seem to be putting up good points on defense every week. One player who I did miss out on on my bench, and I, uh, I've been sort of sat waiting on, is George Pickens for the Steelers. Uh, Eighteen points sat on my bench, so somebody that I'll probably look at trying to get into my starting lineup going forward. Although they've got a difficult game next week against uh, your Eagles, Ash. So we'll see how that goes. But he, he definitely looks to be one who Pickett <clears throat> is linking up well with, although he didn't do so well in the second half against the Dolphins. Yeah, maybe not overall. But yeah, but yeah good score. Um, I saw that someone else as well kind of dropped Claypool already. So whether that's a sign of... Things to go maybe more towards Pickens, for sure. Scully, so then for you, so like I say, not to jinx you uh, or give you any sort of curse, but looking like you'll probably win this week. Um, Pick out a couple of players for you. So Daniel Jones, 30 points. What a guy. What a man. Um, lovely man. Um, Friend of the nice, past. Nice to chat to. Yeah, mum's like nice, good photographer, and what have you. But 30 points, 30 points this weekend. Um, Eckler, 36 points. So good couple of scores from those two. But just talk us through some of your latest trades, some of your latest splash trades on our feed. Well, I just want to first of all point out what you mentioned to me earlier, which is an amazing stat. So since we had that motivational conversation of pep talk after DJ had lost obviously to to Dallas the night before in that cafe in, in Hoboken. Giants are now unbeaten. Daniel Jones has thrown no interceptions. He's thrown three passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. So I think we've got something to do with that and I'm really proud of that. So if there are any other struggling starting quarterbacks in the league that would like to meet me and Ash and, and Tom in a in a coffee shop, can be anywhere. You can fly we'll out you can fly us out anywhere in the States or or somewhere in Sheffield if you fancy coming over to um over to the UK. And we're more than willing to do that. Baker if you're listening, I think this is something that you could really benefit from. But, Kyler um, Murray for me. Kyler Murray. Let's get him on board. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Jags Broncos. Wembley next week, is it? So maybe Trevor Lawrence wants to <laughs> come say hi. Yeah, Russ, Russell Wilson, he can he can stay. Away. Yeah. But um, 
but no, I mean, talking through one of my trades this week, so didn't quite work out the way that that, that I hoped. Obviously, um, that you can overthink things. I think in fantasy football and in, in life in general, this is another. Just tell us who you traded away, Scully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I traded Nick Chubb and um, Terry McLaurin. And what did they score between them? <laughs> they scored thirty-seven points between them. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. And who did you get in return? The Sanders, but it was on a buy. I mean, he was never going to score any points this week. He was one for the future. He was one for thinking that he's had his bye week. And um, then the person that I thought would score me a few points this week with quite a few of their other offense out was um, Amon Semra. That worked out well, didn't he? Caught one pass and got concussed. It was out for, for the rest of the game. Fantastic. So. That was somebody who got me like a point. Um, the, the reason behind trading Chubb was because he's on a buying week, week nine, so two weeks ahead. So he's like, this is your, your thinking ahead and you're overthinking. Um, I'm thinking Drake can come in. Kenyon Drake's had a, a big, big game last week. He's going to come in. Brown's defence is shocking against the run. But no. Gus Edwards gets activated. Bloody snap. And he scores two touchdowns. And Kenyon Drake scores me 0.5 points. So, um, again, gem of the century. Um, worked out really, really, really well for me. But if it, if I do win this week, I still stand by my decision. But if I lose, it was a massive, massive mistake. Well, I'm excited to see your trades this week, seeing as Eckler's on a bye this weekend. Um, although, obviously, Miles Sanders is back. So, we'll see who's going to pick up the 35 points that you're going to lose out with him not being, being in your starting lineup. So, looking ahead now to week eight. Um, and week eight matchups. Um, let's make some predictions. Let's make some projected headlines. Um, so not too many prime time games to pull out, I don't think. Apart from the maybe one standout divisional game between the Rams and the Forty Niners. Um, but again, we'll split it by conferences. So Charlie, I'll come to you first from the AFC. What we're we predicting? I've got NFC. NFC. Oh, you you started off for the NFC then. <laughs> um, so I've gone for based on the fact that the Bucks were absolutely atrocious against the Panthers, which we would expect to be horrendous as well. Um, I'm going Bucks against Ravens. The Bucks to lose by twenty points. Wow. Big call. I know there's some big stats, haven't they? I think in the first six weeks, Ravens have been up by double digits in every single game and then lost three of them. Um, but Except this week. Except this week. Been up and then up and up and up and then and then keeping it, you reckon? That's what I'm thinking. I think uh, they're going to destroy them on every aspect. Um, passing, running, they're going to destroy them on... Uh, offense and then 
Brady is going to do exactly as he did against Carolina because things are atrocious at the books at the minute. The chemistry between the team is terrible. Um, I mean, that Mike Evans dropped catch um, from the first drive. Set the tone. Basically, right? yeah, it summed up the game for uh, for the books. That's the easiest, by far the easiest drop I think I've ever seen in terms of the calibre of wide receiver, the uh, quarterback, the the space that he'd got. Like the guys should never be dropping that. Um, it's got to be the easiest catch that's been dropped. That have, yeah, like I say, he just it and juggles it. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, yeah, set the tone for the Panthers. So, yeah, going for the Ravens to go out, get a big lead, and then hold it because the Bucks are not going to be able to get anything going to uh, retrieve that. Wow, good stuff. And that's the Thursday night game. So I guess the Cards and Saints scored a fair few points last Thursday. But um, but hopefully it sounds like this one you reckon is going to be off trend as well and, and be fairly high scoring, or at least for one of the teams, at least for the Ravens. So Scully, over to you. And let me get it right this time. AFC? Yeah, so I felt massive disrespect in your intro because the, the biggest divisional game is Monday Night Football this week and it's the... The Browns v the Bengals. So I'm going to stick with that game. And obviously I commented on the Bengals earlier. Um, And I'm probably going to go with the most boldly, most predictable prediction, if you like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, ever. So I'm going to go for a Bengals win by (laughs) three points or less. I'm going to go for Nick Chubb to run over 100 yards and get one touchdown at least. I'm going to go for Miles Garrett to have over 1.5 sacks. I'm going to go for Chase to have over 100 yards receiving and at least one touchdown. And Burrow to throw for over 400 yards and at least three touchdowns. Wow, what a pick. And this is, so this is, I want to say Sunday, or is it Monday night game? Yeah, Monday night game. Wow. Okay, so I guess divisional game, how it's going to end up, how it's going to play out. Um, Yeah, that would be huge, anything like that. And with them, does that make a difference to any of your predictions or just how you feel about the Browns in general that what got about a week and a half before the trade deadline, Kareem Hunt still wants out potentially? Is that... Is that that must be bad for the Browns if he does go? Although good for Chubb, but bad for the Browns overall. It's bad for the Browns overall. I've um, read a start earlier that when Nick Chubb has ran for uh, when when he's had twenty carries or more, we're two and zero this this season. When, when he's had less than twenty carries this season, um, we're zero and five. So it's. It I just, I just don't understand the Browns' play calling this year, and this is why I keep mentioning about Stefanski. I just don't, I just don't get it. I just don't understand what he's doing. Having Chubb and Hunt in the backfield, if you watch the games, if you watch the highlights, if you watch anything to do with the Browns, they're most effective when you've got both Chubb and Hunt in the backfield. You looked at when we looked more effective and when we scored on on all of our drives this this weekend. It was when we had Chubb and Hunt in the in in the backfield, and both of them scored. And they go for 
they're, they're forever on course. Four yards, five yards, ten yards, eleven. All the time they they're forever on course when they when they're running. I don't understand why we do anything other than have a play action or or run. I, I just don't get it. Do not get it, especially now while we've got Brissett in. I mean, when Will uh, Watson, sorry, comes in, it could be completely different. And I think this is what's going to happen with the Browns. I mentioned it to you earlier, Ash, that I think with Stefanski, I think he's going to have the time to coach the team with Watson. And those games where five games, six games, whatever it is that Watson's going to play this season, those are the games that Stefanski are going to be judged on. Because if you judge him on what's happened so far this season, then he should be gone already. And if you listen to him, and this is carrying on from last season, every game it's it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. And it's getting tiring to listen to him. And it's getting annoying to listen to him. I, I just I just don't get his play calling. I just don't get what we're doing. We're losing we're losing games by three points. Last last season we we had a great defense, uh, couldn't score. This season we're all right on offense. We're pretty pretty effective with a backup quarterback, um, but we still can't get over the line. And then the defense are, are shocking. They get blown coverages everywhere. I I just don't understand what's going on with the Browns. So in in terms of my predictions, like I said, it's the most predictable projection predictions that that I'm going to make because. It's everything that has already happened this year. We lose every game by three points or less. Nick Job runs for 100 yards plus every game and scores at least one touchdown. Um, Miles Garrett is one of the highest graded edge rushers, if not the highest graded edge rusher this season. And he's because he's getting double teamed. He's still getting there. He's still being effective, even if he's not making sacks. He's making the passer rush. He's making the their offense do something different. But the rest of the defense uh, are doing nothing. The rest of our offense are doing nothing. It's it's just not a good time to watch the Browns at the moment. Surely Stefanski's card's got to be numbered. The uh, the calls that he's making, um, they're absolutely atrocious. Um, I get that you've you've lost a few games by a few points, but with what we were talking about with the Bengals earlier, I can't see that one happening, Scully. I think if you're thinking that one's going to be a tight game, you, you might have had too many sips of that whiskey. Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I think, I guess, based on previous, what, the last five, uh, four of them, by three points, so you could say based on that 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 potentially and and the Bengals' offensive line, albeit improved this season compared to last season, um, it's still there's a chance that Clowney Garrett might get to Burrow and slow him down a little bit. See what injuries are lasting for Higgins and possibly Chase coming off the back of last week. Um, but but that looks like a tough game. Um, but maybe maybe you're right. Kind of week thirteen, Watson comes back. Instead of losing by three points, they start winning by three points. Um, who knows? But let's let's see on those predictions for next week. Uh, and Charlie, let's have one more prediction. So back to the NFC. Let's have one more prediction for this weekend coming. So not to rain on your guys' parade. Obviously, 
a friend of the pod. Um, <coughs> we don't want to jinx Mr. Jones. However, this week, Seattle are going to run through him. They're going to bring the uh, four uh, four wins in a row they've had, haven't they, Giants? They're going to bring that to an end um, and bring that train off its tracks. Uh, Walker's going to score three touchdowns. Uh, one of those, at least, will be a receiving touchdown. And, uh, yeah, Seattle to win. Wow, what a big call. And let's have a look. So where is that one? So that looks like it's in Seattle, I believe. So quite possibly and one of, well, I say one of the surprise teams of the season, but probably up there with the Giants. Um, if Seahawks do, then, then I mean, I said, if you're a betting man, of course you're a betting man, then <laughs> I'm sure Seahawks will be some really good odds if you can pick out anything like that. But Geno Smith, it does seem to be anything he touches turns to gold at the minute. Um, we slated them as well mm. uh, on, uh, in the season, before the season started. And, um, yeah, what, what a turnaround. It's, it's as if Wilson was the issue. And mm. once they've got them out of the way, that he can actually have his own team, his own offence, his own way of doing things. And Geno Smith fits right into that. And he's made, he's made them all look brilliant. I mean... Look at you not wanting Lockett at the beginning of the season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mistake yeah, there. Now, I was going to say you'd swap him for Judy, no doubt, anytime mm. soon. Um, so, so Gino Smith, let's have a quick look now. So he's currently, uh, yeah, so he's he's QB7. Not a chance would you have put him anywhere near that. Um, thrown three picks all season. Uh, in one, two, three, four, five games so far, he's thrown for at least two touchdowns. And in one of those three touchdowns, um, and had a couple of games scoring over thirty points as well. So, yeah, playing really well. And again, similar to some of the other players on Seahawks roster, was it going to be Geno Smith? Was it going to be Drew Locke to start at the start of the season? But Geno Smith's done more than confirm he's the right choice to take over at the Seahawks. So, good stuff. I've made note of those predictions as well. We'll review them throughout, and then we'll review them on next week's podcast as well. And that's that. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can reach us on hello at 2 com. Tell us your predictions for week 8 or even just let us know how your fantasy team's getting on this season so far. That'll do for this episode. See you on the next one.